What's up, everybody? This is Mark Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Mark Dagenhart. So let's get into the news that's happening in the Arkansas Razorback world. So Sam Pittman has let go two defensive assistant coaches and D-line coach Jermiel Ashley, and this is the second D-line coach in consecutive years that has been let go, and it's been lackluster in recruiting and overall performance, you know, so as a strength that stands out as far as the, the defense. The defensive line has not been really a factor, and in the one, you know, area or, or moment that you could say that was was this past season, and that was due largely in part to the tra three uh, transfer defensive linemen, Trey Williams, Markel Etsy, and John Ridgway. Those guys came in and allowed three different linebackers to have 100-plus tackles in one season on one team. Really cool. And they were all late additions. So going through spring ball, replacing all those guys, that's going to be interesting to see who steps up because you really don't add a whole lot in early, you know, early enroll in, in the spring. You, you got a defensive end, J.J. Hollingsworth, and transfer from LSU, Landon Jackson. That's, that's it as far as new additions coming in. You've got more guys going out through the transfer portal than you do have uh, coming in. So hopefully, uh, as the transfer portal season kind of dies off a little bit, as Monday the 24th was the last day that you could enroll in classes for the spring semester at the University of Arkansas, and many schools around the country are running on the, the you know, the whole, you know, the half system for for the school calendar, and, you know, this will be a time where by by basically February, this should all, all this transfer portal, you know, noise should be calming down for just a few months, just when you get used to it being, you know, not as just bam, bam, every single day news and still awaiting major players in the transfer portal for, you know, the significant impact it's going to have across the landscape of college football because you can, you can, the roster of a team will completely transform over one season in a way that is unlike any throughout the history of college football. You'll have a third of your team graduate. You'll have, you know, a certain number of players leave for uh, the NFL. You'll have certain players just leave football overall, just retire. And then you'll have players transfer out. This happens every year. Even in in years past, it wasn't called the trans. You know, th there was no significance of entering the transfer portal. This player just left, and has transferred now out to another school. And that's you know happened forever. But now it's it's much more polarizing, and it's often just a re recruitment. And a lot of times there's there's other things involved, uh, typically surrounding you know a, a coach you know change a coaching change. You know, sometimes players going to go because there's not a good fit with the new coach or they want to follow the old coach. And, you know, 
it's it's an interesting you know dynamic to look at how you know the the coaching carousel will happen every year so this is a new season a new you know a new part of college football is the transfer season the NCAA has got to step in and and do some sort of uh, scheduling some sort of you know alignment because right now at the end of the year right around December to really February there's just so much going on that really impacts the overall team of every university and it impacts so many people and their families throughout the whole you know coaching staff and sometimes even upper administration of universities and then the players leave and it's just a whole big thing with the transfer portal with coaching carousel with the early signing period you know now now you have national championships and bowl games and opt-outs and NFL draft and as you you know carry over into the next year in January and then and then you got the championship games and uh and then in comes February and uh national signing day is always the first February first Wednesday in February so you've got that coming up and normally that is when your real off season begins for college football but there is no real off season anymore that's an outdated term for college football because you can never stop recruiting. You've got coaching turnover every year, no matter who you are. And the better you are, typically, the more it happens. And that's what you want. You want players leaving for the NFL. You want coaches, you know, other other coaches, other universities coming to try to take your coaches because that's that's a good thing. And... It, I mean, just coming back to the the quickness and the regularity that this is going to bring to the sport, and I don't think it's going to level the playing field because this is just as much beneficial for the blue blood programs across college football as it is anyone else. In fact, it could benefit them more once things are you know established a little bit further on, and and like I was saying with the scheduling. You, you have the that drop off after February, the first Wednesday in February, and and then you go through spring practice and have your spring, you know, your spring football game, and then uh, and then SEC media days, and then uh, you know the rest of your team reports in the summer, and then it's and then it's the season again. So. There's not much downtime, but it normally happens after National Signing Day. The spring semester is already, you know, enrolled and going through, and that happens early on, so you know who you got coming in. And uh, a large part of Arkansas's signing class is actually already enrolled and in camp on campus. So Arkansas has a top five transfer class with six. No, pardon me. Yeah, that's correct. Six players. You have defensive line transfer Landon Jackson from LSU, six foot seven, two hundred and seventy three pounds is what he's listed on LSU's roster. Um, guy uh, played last year, so he'll he'll be coming in as a 
as a sophomore defensive end, and um, and then uh, wide receiver Jaden Hazelwood, who will be entering as a junior. And this guy last year led OU in receiving yards and was a five-star prospect. He is now the top-rated player that Arkansas has ever signed onto their football team in the, you know, recruiting era under the 24-7 site as far as the rankings. Previously, it was Mitch Mustaine, but Jaden Hazelwood out, you know, outnotched him by like 0.2 or 0.3 points. Uh, it was really close. This guy is an early enrollee, obviously, <clears throat> and... He's he's got the frame at uh six three, about two hundred and five pounds. He's got the frame and, and the ability to play at, at a high level and I would expect him to come in and, and be an instant starter as a as an early enrollee, as a guy that, you know, has had the hype and has, you know, proved it on the field at top you know, at top level, you know, offenses and uh universities and you know, at top competition. So those are at those two, and then you got a a linebacker from Alabama, another former five star, Drew Sanders, big guy, six five, two forty. Uh, guy could put his hand down in the dirt and be a defensive end, or stand up and be a linebacker. You could see him rush from from the edge at times, or play middle linebacker. Uh, I think this is a huge, huge addition. When you factor in the uh, bumper pool returning for his super senior season, and he has a really, really good shot at becoming the Arkansas Razorbacks all-time leading tackler, and I think that was a large part of why he decided to come back. That and the fact that his whole family loves the University of Arkansas. A lot of them have either worked you know, on, on the staff uh, in in either the recruiting you know capacity or or in, or in just like a G, a, G, uh, a GA a graduate assistant or just you know coming up and watching the games you know every Saturday every home game every game that they could watch so uh, him coming back I think is huge for his family and for him you know as a Razorback and him he said uh, to leave it better than he found it and just to improve upon it especially improve upon last season and with the guys coming back he felt confident that he he could uh, do that so that's that's exciting and to pair him up with Drew Sanders is even more exciting and we'll see we'll see how the defense improves cuz they're not done in the transfer portal it's just slowed down right now and you don't have the later play from the FCS level because of COVID, two years ago when we got John Ridgeway, or you know last season, when we got John Ridgeway, uh, they had a, you know an altered schedule because of COVID. Now that didn't happen this season, so a lot of those guys are already gone. And you may have some late you know additions to the transfer portal after all of spring practice has gone through and all the spring spring ball has has been played and all the spring games. And, and a lot is shaken up as far as transfers coming in, as far as your, your incoming freshmen coming in, and, and you know, the team shakes itself out, and some guys decide to leave after spring ball. 
some guys decide to leave, you know, after the spring semester. Maybe they needed that spring semester to get a degree, and now they're truly transferring for, you know, either athletics or ed academics. And, you know, that the academics part is few and far between these days is it's all ac athletics now. And that that's going to be the option is to get some defensive line help in between now and, and probably uh, the start of August at the latest. But I would expect in between now and, and June, uh, they're, they're recruiting some defensive linemen in, in the transfer portal. Um, the other one is Dwight. Dwight, no, there's two. There's two additional uh, transfer portal signees, both four stars, both defensive backs. We'll start with the younger of the two, and uh, Dwight McLaughlin, a transfer from LSU of all places. Arkansas loses two starting uh, defensive backs uh, off the team. Whether whether they were full time starters or not, they they were starters for several years. Joe Fouché and Gregory Brooks and you know they they may have lost their spot or lost a step over the years due to just the recruiting and and what was asked of them in the defense uh but i can understand those guys want to go home and play at LSU LSU's been a great program in, in the past and uh under you know new regime with Brian Kelly there so they're you know retooling that entire team that's one of the teams out there that has just had a major facelift as far as the look of the team and those two guys transfer out we replaced them with one of their own and Dwight McLaughlin who was you know on official visits and being recruited by Arkansas uh, by this staff uh, two years ago and ended up at LSU but now he is at Arkansas he's a he's tall lanky guy six one uh six one and a half about about 185 pounds and this guy is going to be, he's going to come in and be an instant starter. I think he has that type of uh, play. He was a starter. You know, he played several games at LSU last season. And he was, he was a highly rated guy recruited by a lot of play, a lot of places. And, and to see the field early on is, is impressive. And I mean, you're kind of going to need to start. You you lose some guys to the transfer portal, so you lose some of your your back end depth. You lose you lose a guy like Buster Brown going to the NFL, and and Greg Brooks, you know, transferring out. So you the guy that you get transferring in at corner, you you need him to get on the field and play. And you replace Joe Fouché with Latavius Brini, a guy that was um, a twelve game, eleven game starter at Georgia. Just won a national championship and, and transfers to Arkansas now. 6'2", 2'10", safety. Guy started his career at Georgia as a corner, but has since moved to safety. And this guy brings some size, some, you know, a lot of years of playing, uh, of experience, of playing time in the SEC. He's going to be, you know, this is his last ride. And uh, so after this, he, he, he'll be gone. And uh, those those are your oh the the additional uh, walk on quarterback Cade Fortin signed with North Carolina and then ended up transferring to South Florida and has now made his way in the transfer portal as a walk on here at Arkansas just to add depth um, so Cade Fortin Landa Jackson Drew Sanders Jaden Hazelwood uh, Dwight McLaughlin. 
and Latavius Brini. That's Arkansas's top five uh, transfer class, along with their top 20 uh, recruiting class, at least after early signing period. More than likely, Arkansas is going to fall back in the overall class after National Signing Day because at this point, they aren't adding anybody else, and they may even lose out on the one unsigned uh, defensive back, Miles Rouser, who did not sign in the early signing period, which was already questionable. There had been word through message boards and social media and just news outlets that there's something going on that is not football-related. And with now, you know, with Sam Carter leaving, you don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. If Sam Carter was the issue, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe, maybe... Sam Carter's replacement in um, Dominique Bowman, former, you know, this guy has a lot of uh, defensive coordinator experience in the in the past. Uh, a lot of it at the FC level, FCS level, and uh, Division Division Two level. But uh, currently, Marshall's defensive backs coach, and I think uh, I think this is a really good hire. A lot of good things are coming out about the guy. Really, you know, humble guy, hardworking guy, a technician. So it'll be interesting to see these new guys coming in and how he's going to be able to blend those with the returning players and kind of improve upon the players as is. And if he's a technician, what's he going to be able to teach? What are these techniques that he's going to be able to teach these players? How's he going to be able to impact, you know, this this secondary, and it's a talented one. And already, you know, you bring in uh, two corners or two defensive backs, uh, both out of Tennessee, and Anthony Brown, who's going to be more of a, a safety-type, nickel-type uh, defensive back. And then Jalen Lewis, who's about six foot, six one, uh, uh, he's going to play corner. He's going to be a bigger corner. So you get those guys going through spring ball, you get you get the re returning players, and then you get the transfer players coming in. Interesting to see through spring, and just you know, through the first couple games as they're kind of uh, important games early on, the opener at Cincinnati at Fayetteville. But be interesting to see the impact, if noticeable, based on just the changeover in the secondary. You know, you get a healthy Jalen Catalan coming back. Right now, as I knock on wood, and then you you get your transfers, uh, Dwight McLaughlin and Latavius Brinney, and uh, you know you get your freshman coming in, and and you get your new coach. So so let's see the uh, the impact that's had on defense based on that, and and then the rest of your signing class outside of four players, two of them four-star wide receivers. Those would have been impactful guys to make it on campus early. Isaiah Satania, the top player in the state and the top player that was signed overall. And uh, Samuel uh, Bakke from Georgia, 6'3", 200-pound uh, receiver. Those guys are going to be um, summer enrollees along with in-state D-lineman Nico da uh, Davier. And then... Memphis, Tennessee offensive lineman Patrick Kutas. So those four, outside of those four, your entire high school signing class 
will be enrolled uh, currently is enrolled and will go through spring practice and spring in the spring football game and will be that much further along as 20 20 early enrollees in this football program that, that just adds so much more experience and depth and cohesion as a team and it, Arkansas has an opening at defensive line coach I'm anxious to see who they get there's some names out there floating around, most notably Brick Haley, formerly the defensive line coach at Missouri under Barry Odom's time there as head coach. And, you know, there's some other names coming out there, but nothing concrete, nothing announced yet. So outside of, you know, I've gone over to the defense and, and the defensive backs and the new, new head, you know, new position coach, uh, linebackers coach, linebacker additions, there there were some subtractions, you know, you lose Grant Morgan, you lose Hayden Henry. Deion Edwards was just, you know, a depth guy. Didn't really see a whole lot of uh, meaningful game reps, but, I mean, he was in there on special teams and uh, scout team and things like that, but he's gone. Um, Andrew Parker transferred out. I mean, that was this was your year. This was your year. Yeah, they brought in a transfer in Drew Sanders, but this was your year to step up. I mean, if you're not going to show Arkansas now – when were you ever going to show anybody in the SEC? Now, uh, I hope he lands on his feet somewhere. I'm sure he's going to do great. Uh, I had faith in him the whole, the whole time that he was here, but he transferred out right before he was going to get his best shot. But instead, now you open up the door for guys like Christopher Paul or Pooh, as he likes to go by, Pooh Paul, uh, who played like he was, he was on the team last year. I uh, believe he enrolled early and, you know, went through spring ball. And, and he was on the field a lot this year. So you you, you give the ball, you know, you give him the opportunity. Um, JT Towers transfers out. Uh, he was injured more than he saw the field. He was under a little bit undersized, but so is Kellen Burrell and Marco Avant. Marco Avant also injured a lot, not really seeing the field as much as he's seeing a green jersey and just, you know, being injured and having to having to have uh, you know time out for injury. So the, the the linebackers that you have that are here are either injury prone or, you know, they're young and inexperienced. And then you bring in three additional high school linebackers Caden Henley, Manny Powell, and Jordan Crook all enrolled and going through spring ball with Drew Sanders. So those are four new linebackers coming in. I like the depth there. I like I like our options, especially with Bumper Pool, Drew Sanders, from what I saw from the limited, you know, game film that I had of him at Alabama before he got hurt. Um he looks he looks like a solid player. So I'm interested to see how Barry Odom uses him as a defense coordinator, how Michael Scherer decides to use him as you know, a linebacker's coach, and then you know how he pairs with Bumper Pool. And then who's that third linebacker to step up? Is it going to be one of the incoming freshmen? All of them are kind of bigger than most of the linebackers that are on campus currently, aside from the two guys that I mentioned that are going to be starters in Bumper Pool and Andrew Parker, or um, pardon me, Drew Sanders. And then Pooh Paul. Pooh Paul is a little bit bigger than some of the than these incoming freshmen, but but outside of that, these guys that are coming in are bigger than all the rest, and they're coming in with a fresh you know outlook. So I think 
one of them, maybe Jordan Crook, maybe Manny Powell, has the opportunity to step up and be that third guy. Maybe it is Pooh Paul. Um, but the depth at linebacker uh, is my, you know, the thing I'm going to look out for the most. And then the main issue is defensive line. I mean, you don't even have a coach right now. So get a coach, maybe based on right now how things are timing out, maybe they get, maybe they go and get a defensive line coach from a school and then they're able to get a transfer from that school that wants to follow their position coach. That happened last year with several different universities throughout just the SEC, from guys going from Missouri to to Can- Kentucky, from you know guys going from Buffalo to Kansas, players just transferring to follow their coach. And you know, uh, it's a good thing that they have that opportunity. And maybe maybe that happens. You know, for for Arkansas as far as defensive line, definitely need at least two transfers. I think. I think you've got some some quality talent and depth at defensive end and defensive tackle, but you need a true nose and you you just need some experience. Out of the two, I think you take probably the two best available players, but you would like to have one guy that's, you know, going to come in and start and is an experienced guy. And then you would like to have a guy that's going to be here for more than one year and, you know, a little bit younger, more of an investment for you as as a, you know, a defensive unit. So that's what I think as far as the defense. That's updates on the coaching changes and vacancies right now. So next, I'm going to go to the offense. Okay, so on the first day of early signing period, Arkansas's only addition to their pre, you know, to the previously guys that were already committed, was four-star wide receiver, wide receiver from Georgia, Samuel Bakke. Um, four, yeah, obviously m- mentioned him earlier, but just wanted to say that that was the only addition to early signing period. And then four-star defensive back from Detroit, Michigan, Miles Rouser, one of the longest committed guys on the the commit list, has yet to sign. And with National Signing Day, traditional National Signing Day, you know, looming, I believe it's February 3rd, um, more and more doubt is creeping into my mind that he's even going to sign with Arkansas. Uh, I'll be interested to see if he signs anywhere um, at this point. But that is it as far as high school recruiting. I think the rest of the scholarships they're going to leave right now are for transfers. I honestly do. I think they've got enough talent and depth coming in at wide receiver. I think offensive line's good. I think they're done recruiting for the offensive side in general. And I think defensive back is good. Obviously, if there's this great player that wants to come play here and, you know, you've got to make room, you have the scholarships right now. I I believe Arkansas has three three to four more scholarship spots that they have to bring players in. And uh, the only reason I say four is because Andrew Parker just left now. And then, and then as well, Traylon Smith entered the transfer portal. So, so those two guys recently entering the transfer portal and you had already had, you know, word being out that, Oh, they can sign three more guys. So, 
whether it's four or not, you at least got three. That is known, and that has been known for several weeks now. Uh, or that that has been known for several days now, uh, ever since Arkansas signed uh, Latavius Brinney, which was only two days ago. And so they've they've got they've got defensive backfield taken care of. I think I think linebackers good. They may get a linebacker, but it'd have to be I, I don't know, it'd have to make it sense. It'd have to be best case, you know, best player available type situation. So I think two defensive linemen at least, maybe three, depending on how many numbers they have. If they have four they may bring in three defensive linemen, two experienced guys, one maybe true nose, and maybe this one's just a defensive tackle. Um, and then you may get one that's a, that's a younger player, like I said earlier, that's you know a little bit more of an investment, maybe a guy that's going to play a year from now, uh, some, some type of talent like that that's going to be in the transfer portal that you can get. Obviously, in between now and National Signing Day, there there's lots of things. I guess if you get a certain defensive line coach, you know, the position is still out there open. If you were to hire a guy that's currently at a school that has certain players that they're either recruiting or that are committed that haven't signed, that are planning on signing because of a coach at certain school, maybe that's the only option I'm seeing that Arkansas lands somebody that's in the high school ranks or that's a JUCO level as far as National Signing Day. Anybody else that they bring in is going to be in the transfer portal unless something like that happens. They do have spots, and they are recruiting players out there in the high school ranks, but there's just not a whole lot of buzz about anybody really having any interest for the 2022 class right now. You will definitely have an additional scholarship spot if Miles Rouser does not sign with Arkansas. And even if he doesn't make it, if he signs with Arkansas, that's a scholarship spot that was given to him and signed away. And if he never shows up on campus, that spot is still st stuck there for a year. until. And, and I may be wrong with, with that whole year. It may only last a semester, but that is essentially the football year at least as far as the the 12 games that you're allotted is during that one semester so i don't think he's going to sign with arkansas we will see depending on the relationship that is there with the new defensive backs coach uh if he does in fact sign with arkansas because at the moment miles rouser four-star safety could sign with arkansas on national signing day February 3rd, and then they could turn around and bring in three additional transfers. See, the number three that has been talked about for the last few days has with, been with the understanding that Miles Rouser would sign. He was occupying one of those spots. So if now if he's backing off and not going to sign, then Arkansas will have four additional spots that they can bring in players. Doesn't mean they're going to bring in four players, but it just gives them a little bit more room, especially if they're trying to recruit somebody 
if they're going to take their time in finding a coach, maybe they find a coach with somebody that they can bring with them. And if that happens, if they're able to get a player a little bit easier by way of hiring a coach, then maybe they take a little bit more players through the transfer portal. But just the way that Coach Pittman has spoken in the past as far as saving one or two scholarships here and there, you know, whether it's one semester, you know, at the end of the season or one semester at the start of the season, he's he's saving some for just things that happen throughout the year, players that, you know, are moving around through the portal, you know, things that happen. So definitely three right now. It was with the understand also with the understanding that at the number that was available was one of them was being accounted for by Traylon Smith. And him entering the transfer portal recently was not news that he was not going to be with the team. It was news that he was still going to be playing football. I think the understanding earlier was that he was not going to be playing football anymore, and that's why he was not going to be on the Razorbacks. But he is in the transfer portal, and I wish him well unless he plays Arkansas. There is slight rumors that he has went to uh, LSU, but I I have not personally saw that. Uh, I will update through the Mark Sports Talk if uh, if that indeed does happen. It's just because, you know, it's interesting. Arkansas beats ba- LSU in Baton Rouge in overtime at night, night game in Death Valley. And, and now you have these transfers coming back and forth. Also, Landon Jackson was a freshman at LSU. So you got two defensive transfers from LSU coming over to Arkansas. You lose Arkansas lose two multi-year starters in the, in the secondary and Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché, both Baton Rouge, you know, New Orleans area natives. So so they're going home. You can't fault them for that. They're staying in the SEC. They're playing in their home state. You know, if if the tables are turned and this happened to an Arcan, you know, an Arkansas kid and he goes to play, he transfers from another school to to Arkansas, that team would hate would hate him for doing that. But we would love it. We would love it for him. You know, we would love it for the university and just, you know, the story that it creates. But it's not happening that way, and LSU is coming to Fayetteville this season, and Arkansas has going into the offseason with a lot of confidence. They're ending the season ranked. They won their bowl game and won nine games and went nine and four on the season. They're going to start the preseason ranked. They're Right now, they have a top 25 recruiting class. Now, whether that drops out of the top 25 or not has yet to be seen. If Miles Rowler doesn't sign and everyone else in front of us has at least you know a few additions, then we will drop out of the top 25. It, it may not be by one or two spots, maybe 26, 27, 28, something like that. But we will drop out just because, you know, no additions and then everybody else is having additions. But... <clears throat> You know, all the trending momentum with with the university and, you know, going at that point with the signing class. You 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 bring in six transfers, five scholarship, one walk-on. That, that results in a top five transfer class at the moment. Other schools like LSU, USC, and uh, Ole Miss are rapidly, South Carolina, those four are in front of Arkansas. Last I looked, Arkansas was fifth. 
and those four schools were in front, and they were adding players like gangbusters. I mean, USC, LSU, two significant teams that had coaching overhauls and have had team overhauls right now are, I believe, one and two. And then Ole Miss and South Carolina had great seasons last year. You know, Shane Beamer, you know, running the South Carolina program last year, had a really good year. And uh, Lane Kiffin did the same thing at Ole Miss, had a really good year. Matt Corral is going to be a first-round draft pick quarterback. You know, there's rumors that Jackson Dart, the transfer quarterback from uh, USC, who was, uh, you know, a freshman last season who stepped in when Caden Slovis, you know, went down with injury. And uh, this guy was a big-time quarterback coming out of Utah. And Utah native, that's why he gave BYU a shot. He and Michael Trigg, talented uh, tight end from USC, who also entered the transfer portal, appear to be a package deal as they visited BYU. And, you know, a lot of it is just between OU and Ole Miss. And OU feels confident. Ole, Mills, Ole Miss feels confident. I think the natural fit just as far as offense, style of play, competition, and a great quarterback leaving in Matt Corral. There's not a whole lot of competition there. And I just think uh, Jackson Dart makes a lot of sense there. Now, that being said, I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan, and I don't want him going there because that just means he's, you know, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin's going to have a new toy to play with for a few years. As this guy, you know, he has the COVID rule because he played during COVID. And, or you know... No, I don't I don't think he did. Last year was his freshman season and he did play. So he will be a sophomore. So he's at least got two years on campus, at least one year for sure, given tran the way the transfer portal fluctuates rosters now. He if he did end up at Ole Miss, he would at least be there one year, you know, at least guaranteed one year, but until he wants to go pro two years. That being said, that's what's likely. That's what I don't want as a Razorback fan. That gives the high-powered offense even more toys to play with. And they're already doing really well in the transfer portal. USC is doing really, really well. I believe they're number one. You know, And they still haven't even landed Caleb Williams. And I think that's where everybody thinks that he's going. You know, this, this thing's went on long enough. And obviously, he's going to a school... That, go, that works on a quarterly enrollment period, and he can enroll a little bit later. So maybe it's UCLA, maybe it's USC. Maybe he's going back to Oklahoma and just playing the, the long con. I don't know, but if he goes to USC, he's just going to bolster their preseason hype, their signing class, which is ultimately affecting their overall team scholarship number. So it, it will they will at one point in the recruiting you know, rankings, websites, and companies, they will merge these and have a, just an overall class where, you know, you got high school guys blended in with transfer players. And that that hasn't happened yet. They, they're doing individual rankings. And, you know, USC, oh my, is just reshaping the, the face of their, their team, the, the look offensively. I mean, you had... Two quarterbacks transfer out, and then, 
and then you you're waiting on one. All signs point to Caleb Williams transferring to USC. You know, you had several members of the coaching staff from Oklahoma leave for USC. You had the big time receiver Mario Williams, a five star recruit. I think he was a freshman this past season. He's about five eleven, about a hundred and uh, can't remember about one hundred eighty five pounds. Uh, who played last season, did well, and then is transferred to USC. And, and, and those were rumored to be a package deal as well. And then just the way that they have recruited through the transfer portal, offensive linemen, running backs, wide receivers, they're setting up Lincoln Riley's offense, and it's tailor-made right now for Caleb Williams, and I think everything's just lining up for whenever he does pull the trigger. But until then, you know, that that's who's in front of Arkansas during, you know, with the transfer portal. And and the, that season will slow down, but it will pick up again. So Arkansas will be in the news again for portal news. And they are not done. I think hopefully, as everything is trending in the positive direction right now, hopefully it continues to, po- you know, trend positively as far as, you know, who they're able to name as a defensive line coach if that coach is able to bring anybody from his previous, you know, uh, coaching, you know, location, is he bringing a player? Is he bringing a recruit? Are, are they able to bring a recruit, you know, sway a recruit based on the hire from, you know, somebody that, you know, wasn't necessarily committed somewhere else, but is just like, Oh, Hey, they offered me and I want to go there because of him. You know, those there's, there's, there's lots of options as far as, Moves that can be made in between now and the start of the season, which next episode I will discuss the schedule and, you know, discuss a little bit further throughout the season, you know, leading up to the season. I'll discuss Arkansas's four non-conference games and we'll look at who they lost in the transfer portal. We'll also look at who they added in the transfer portal and maybe, you know, look at who who left for graduation, who left for the NFL, and who they signed just to give us an overall look at, you know, the type of team that Arkansas is going to be playing. Arkansas is going to have a really good home schedule and a really strong non-conference uh, opponents headlined by Cincinnati and BYU. BYU on the road right before, right at the end of, uh, of uh, their eight-game stretch without a bye week right in the middle of the season you go you know and play B- at BYU and so that that game has potential to be a really really nice game as far as television as far as you know game timing and just getting out to Utah so Arkansas can have some uh, some BYU exposure and a little get a little bit of west coast flavor for once Arkansas doesn't go to uh, Utah or to the west coast a whole whole lot but uh, they have upcoming schedules uh, with Utah, I believe, in uh, 2023 season, 2024 season. It's it's upcoming where they play Utah. But those are a couple of your non-conference games that headline your, your schedule. But that's everything that could happen and needs to happen leading up to the season. Right now, Arkansas is killing it in recruiting. I think that's something that you, that is needed to be followed onto National Signing Day. 
who who Arkansas hires as a defensive line coach, who who they add, if they add anybody on you know National Signing Day, and then I think it'll be the wait to see who they add in the transfer portal in between now and the start of the season. That's an area of weakness on defense, and the area of weakness on offense I think is wide receiver. It's not like it's a weak area as far as it is. I haven't seen anything from them. They're inexperienced. <clears throat> you got a transfer. And Jaqueline Crawford, who was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, signed with Oklahoma, transferred in la uh, two years ago, had to sit out one year, and then last year could have played. Uh, I didn't see him a whole lot, but he's going to be returning. And you've got a transfer in Jaden Hazelwood. You've got Quincy McAdoo, four-star receiver from uh, from Clarendon, I believe, uh, from Arkansas. Six uh, three, about 180, 185 pounds. Uh, both both of those guys enrolled early, going to go through spring, so they're going to get to go through and get you know more of a rapport with KJ Jefferson. They're going to go through and have that bond with the rest of the receiving core and have a little bit better grasp on the offense as a whole. Uh, I think Hazelwood has the maturity to pick that up a little bit faster. So I would expect him to establish himself as a starter pretty quickly. If if I were to do a really, really early just starting three receivers, you know, whenever Arkansas rolls out their offense and they have a quarterback, a running back, a tight end, five defense or five offensive linemen, so that's eight eight players. You got eleven players on the field. Who are your starting three wide receivers? I'm gonna say Jaden Hazelwood. I'm gonna say um Keytron Jackson and Warren Thompson. I think Isaiah Satania has the speed and just the overall route running ability. His he's got nice, you know, nice hands. Uh I think that guy has an ability to affect the team, you know, impact the team as a freshman on special teams. I think he has the opportunity to be a good rotational player in the receiving core, maybe be Four, you know, first or second off the bench, maybe four or five, you know, number the number four or five receiver in the depth. I mean, he's that talented. He's he's one of the best receivers in the country, and the fact that he's coming in late is one of the reasons why I don't you know have him up higher. But you know, those are your three that I think right now: Hazelwood, Keytron Jackson, Warren Thompson. Jaqueline Crawford has talent. He's been on the roster, but I haven't seen anything. So I've seen Bryce Stevens before. I've seen uh, Jaqueline Crawford. So right now, Bryce Stevens four, I'd say Satania five, Jaden Jackson or Jaden Wilson. Pardon me, uh, was a freshman last year. The redshirted. I think he played in a you know a few games sparingly. You saw Bryce Stevens and Keytron more than you did anybody else. There's rumors that you could move Rocket Sanders because he came in as an athlete and was recruited as a, a wide receiver. And, you know, his size is really similar to, to Traylon Burks. And just, you know, seeing him catch the ball, run routes, run out of the backfield, you know, run as a, as a running back, it, you know, it's popular opinion right now that they leave him at running back, but, you know, he has that option to go out to receiver and, the the depth is not really there. You know, you have some walk-ons. There's a whole whole lot of guys that can catch the ball at, in the receiver room right now, but there's not a whole lot of scholarship guys. There's not a whole lot of known commodities that are, you know, popping up. 
I think it's I think Quincy McAdoo has a chance since he's enrolling early. He's a, a you know he's an impactful freshman. You know he's he's got long arms. He's got a long wingspan. He's very athletic at six three, about a one one eighty one eighty five. So he's got the body. He's got the ability and the speed, and uh, he can make the catches. So uh, I think McAdoo and Satania or Satania and are two true freshmen that can impact the the wide receiver rotation. Pretty early, throw in Keytron Jackson, Warren Thompson, and Jaden Hazelwood. Those, I think, are your five rotating uh, receivers. So, yeah, receivers, your 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 question mark on offense. Defense lines, your question mark on defense. I think special teams is pretty clear. Special teams did not really lose anybody. Uh, Vito Calvaruso, your, your kickoff man, entered the transfer portal and has since moved on. You also added a five-star kicker, which there's plenty of those, so don't let that rating fool you. And they don't actually rate kickers and punters and things like that on most you know, known recruiting sites. But they do have special teams recruiting sites where they rank them and rate them you know, have, with star system and, and a, a number ranking. And this guy's... You know, got a video of him kicking a 73-yard field goal. Now, what I'm hearing early on is he will be the kickoff man. He's got a long, you know, a long leg that that's good for kickoffs. And right now, Cam Little's, you know, going to be a, uh, he's a freshman All-American and entering the, uh, you know, he's he's got the field goal kicking duties locked up. I think so. This this you know walk on. This walk-on kicker, who's uh, who's going to be a freshman five-star, is is going to be the kickoff duty guy. And then you have Max Fletcher, uh, an Australian kicker, who his brother actually played at Cincinnati as a punter, and is going to come in and compete with Reed Bauer for the punting duties. Reed Bauer is uh, a holder, and he's a pretty good holder. All the fake punts and fake field goal attempts were involving Reed Bauer. So Reed Bauer is going to be on the field no matter if he's the starting punter or not. So that's that's exciting to see, you know, how he's become kind of a fan favorite based on the heroics that he's kind of pulled out of, you know, doing fakes, fake punts, fake fake field goals, things like that. So special teams I think is pretty solid for once. You you enter the spring, you enter the summer, and you're not worried that much. There's not a whole lot of turnover as far as your staff and your players. Uh, you got a lot of guys enrolling early, so that's a lot of reps on special teams. So I think special teams is an area you don't have to worry about this year. So there's there's a little bit of news update on recruiting, on coaching turnaround, on player turnaround or turnover, and then just your your early enrollees, uh, looking forward to doing more podcasts about just spring practice and um, National Signing Day recruiting and, um, you know, transfer portal recruiting, any kind of coaching news. Kendall Browles was really, really pursued by Miami there for a little bit. And uh, that was fun watching uh, Arkansas media and Twitter interact with Miami media and Twitter and seeing the back and forth that they had. But uh, there's been nothing announced, but 
it's not him. You know, he's not going to stay at Arkansas for free, and he's not going to just turn them down. He had to have used that for leverage for something, and it has been kind of just assumed that there's been a new deal in the works where it's a multi-year extension and probably, you know, uh, some sort of uh, incentive-laden um, contract with uh, a little a little bit of a bump in pay, uh, which they're retaining a lot of staff on offense, and I'm I'm really liking the hire so far with uh, Dominique Bowman and, you know, the defensive, you know, turnaround, who they got to stay, you know, who, who they got to, to keep. Jalen Catalan coming back, Bumper Poole coming back, Dalton Wagner coming back. You know, you got a, a really good quarterback coming back. For the first time in a long time, Arkansas has a really good quarterback that you saw throughout the season that was impactful coming back. And, that's a fun thing. That's going to be a fun thing for Arkansas to experience this year. And for all the good things that are happening to Arkansas leading up to the season, with that being one of them, to start the season ranked and having a good non-conference schedule, um, it's going to be a fun year. And there's lots to talk about in between now and then. And there's lots that's going to happen in between now and then. Arkansas getting some national notoriety as well from people putting them in the way, way, way too early polls for next season for the college football playoff and for just, you know, starting the season, uh, getting talked about on late kick with Josh Pate. Um, as far as a national uh, podcast that talks about college football all year, and and he's just uh, saying how Arkansas is a destination place. When they're able to land players like Jaden Hazelwood, Drew Sanders, Tavius Brenny, Dwight McGovern, uh, retain offense coordinator Kendall Bryles, and for two years now, retaining Barry Odom, defense coordinator. And yeah, you lose some position coaches, but you're able to retain a lot of your your staff. Uh, that continuity is really, really key for building relationships with your players, for the areas that you recruit, and just good things to come for Arkansas. And uh, we'll see... How things go on the recruiting trail, there's a little bit to talk about, obviously, in between now and then. But uh, don't forget to to like this show. Share it with somebody if you think they'll like it. Um, whatever you're listening to this on, uh, uh, yeah, I'd really appreciate a like. Any kind of rating, if you want to, always, as always, uh, if you're on Twitter, uh, find find me, give me a follow, give me some sort of interaction at uh, Mark Sports Talk. And then uh, if you want any kind of interaction, you want any kind of, any kind of shout out, hit me up at marksportstalk at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, and I will see you later. Mm-hmm.